right, notice what it says in verse 1 of Proverbs chapter 10. It says, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. And I think anybody with parents uh, or any parents in here who have children, you, you would agree with this. When your child does something good, it gives you a really good feeling. When you see them make good choices, you feel pretty good. When they do something really dumb, really bad, it can be very depressing. A lot of truth in this passage. And, you know, if we were to make a list of the greatest things that could ever happen to a person, obviously, number one for us is salvation, right? Salvation is the best thing that could ever happen to anyone. Number two, I think a wife is definitely the best thing that could happen to anybody. And then number three is one of the benefits of getting a wife, having children. And there is no doubt that children are something that bring some of the, just the greatest joys that you could ever experience. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Well, you know, I've been, I've, I've always been somebody who's loved children, and I've always loved babies, and you know, I mean, and I, I still love babies, even other people's babies. I like seeing them. Kids are just cute. They're funny. You know, they just, they're, they're so sweet. All the things they do. I love spoiling other people's kids. You know, when, uh, you know, even, even just this afternoon, you know, Mavis, I noticed was getting somebody else's drink. I pointed it out to brother Aaron. He went and stopped her. She started crying. And then I started giving her sympathy, you know, and, uh, you know, she's not my kid. You know, I can only do the fun, nice things and just, you know, give sympathy. If it had been my kid, you know, I'd done the same thing he did. But, uh, you know, kids are, they are such a massive source of joy. Absolutely no doubt about that at all. And so while they can be like the ultimate source of joy, uh, one of the greatest blessings, they can also bring some of the ultimate challenges too. There's a negative side to children for sure and you know every good thing in life is going to come with some challenges and sadly today many people are missing out on some of the greatest blessings because they're trying to avoid these challenges and i think that's a huge mistake i think that's i think that's a big mistake i think they're worth it even if you were to experience some of the biggest challenges tragedies things like that they're still worth it you you can't you know there's just there's nothing that you can do just to replace them. And there, so, so and all kids are special, but you know, there's something special when it's your kid. You know, when it's, when it's a part of you, when it's your own flesh and blood. And as much as I, you know, love the other kids around here, I love my kids more. And that's pretty normal. You know, and I, and I hope you love your kids more than you love my kids. If you don't, something's wrong with you. It's, it's very, it's very normal thing. So, uh, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, because many of the people, they're, the reason they're making this mistake and trying to avoid these blessings is because, again, they're trying to avoid those tragedies, you know, those challenges. But often, you know, these things that they're trying to pursue instead of children are things that are only vanity. I mean, think about how many women are not having a baby because they just want to look a little better. Okay, that's all. That's vanity, folks. I mean, if that's not vanity, I don't know what vanity is. It's empty. There's always going to be somebody better looking. There's always going to be somebody who's got more Instagram followers than you. Okay? Kids are a better source of joy. And it is. It's, it's a big mistake trying to avoid these blessings 
because you're 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 so you're missing out. You're replacing it with vanity. And you know it isn't interesting too how in the past when there's been some big stock market crashes, how you've had some of these like people who were millionaires killing themselves because they lost millions. Where in the last stock market crash, we were fine. I had too many kids to have any money in the stock market. And, you know, we didn't even hardly know anything was going on. It's been like that in all the stock market crashes, you know. And, and so the thing is, you know, when it came down to it, who was happier? The one who had riches or the one who had kids? Because that's where, you know, there's more riches there. It doesn't show in your bank account. In fact, it shows in your bank account a lot of times when you have a lot of kids. But it doesn't measure happiness. And let me tell you, bank account size does not measure happiness. There's, there's no doubt about that. So what I want to focus on, though, in tonight's message is the blessings and the burdens of parenting. Because I think it's clear here at this church, I think we obviously have the right mindset when it comes to children. I mean, just you know, look around this place. We've got our, you know, I think our heads are screwed on straight. But we also need to understand and we need to prepare ourselves for the burdens that can or that probably will come when it comes to parenting. Because many people today that are getting ready to become parents, you know, and this is thanks to social media, they often think parenting is what they see on Instagram and Facebook. That's what they think parenting is. And then they start parenting and they find out it's not like it is on Instagram and Facebook. And then they think they're doing something wrong. And then they start beating themselves up, feeling really bad. Because the way they see parenting, you know, they see you ladies, you know, smiling with that positive pregnancy test. Okay? Now, what they don't see is a picture of you throwing up from your morning sickness that kind of told you that you were probably pregnant. Anybody post pictures of that? Anybody? Maybe we, maybe you should do stuff like that just to show people what they're in for. You know, just show show you looking miserable. They don't show you that. You know, they they see the gender reveal videos that are always exciting. You know, what they don't see are the videos of you. You know, when your hormones are going crazy during that time, and you know, acting crazy. I don't know. I don't know. You know feminine, whatever, get myself in trouble right now. But, uh, you know, you don't, you don't show that stuff. But, hey, that's what happens. Okay? It's worth it. Okay? It's worth it. You know, ladies, and, and ladies too, I, I, think I, can, I think I can speak for ladies. They're the ones that keep having kids. You know, when they say it's worth it, even though they might have to do some puking, even though they got to go through some hormonal stuff, even though they got to go through all the pain in delivery, they're still wanting to have these kids. Why? Because it's worth it. But a lot of people, they're only seeing the Instagram moments and they don't realize that, hey, when you get pregnant, you got a rough road. And it's amazing how many women have no clue what they're in for. It's like, do their mothers not tell them anything? I mean, even just this week, we took my wife out for her birthday and our waitress was telling us how she was pregnant and everything. And she was talking about the sickness and all this. And she was thinking something was wrong with her. And my wife was just telling her, no, that's good. You know, that, you know, that's good. That's a good sign that everything's healthy when you're having the morning sickness. And she's like, really? I mean, she, she knew nothing. I mean, I know about this stuff. And I'm not even a woman just because, you know, I, I hear my wife talk about it. But it's amazing how many people, they go through some of the most natural things like morning sickness, crazy hormones, you know, birth pains. And it's like, what's going on? I, I guess I better take the epidural. I'm in labor and it hurts. Well, yeah, that's the way that's the way it usually goes. And I'm not listen. I'm not, I don't say nothing about epidurals. All right, I have no right to talk 
when it comes to that stuff. You ladies, if you want to get judgmental on that, get judgmental on that. But I, I, I stay out of that fight, all right? I'll, I'll stay out of that because I've never gone through it, and I will never have to. I don't care what NBC says, men can't get pregnant. And I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for that. So, you know, but a lot of people, it is, it's amazing when, you know, when kids get sick. When they, when, you know, if they're colic, if they, you know, if they're, if they, when they don't obey you, people think they're going to give their little one-year-old a spanking and problem solved, will broken, obedience from then on out. No, that's not going to happen. Like, I'm going to tell my kids what to do. You know, and you know, you know how those people are with no kids, how good of parents they're going to be. And then... They find out these kids have wills. There's all kinds of things that you find out. And it is, it, it, it blows my mind how little people know about these things. It really does. And, and, and because they don't know these things, they often really get you know, depressed. They get really discouraged when normal challenges come along that everyone faces. And they feel like terrible parents. You know, I mean, when, you, when your kids get sick, you know, when you, when you're, when you have that first kid, too. You know, they get sick. Everything's a big deal. You know, just that's why you have a bunch. Then after that, when it happens, it's like, ah, it's nothing. It'll pass. You know, but um, these things are real challenges. You know, they see these pictures of you after you have the baby and the ladies are smiling, which is the weirdest thing in the world, because 10 minutes ago they were screaming their brains out and acting like they were going to kill you. And you know what? That's a hormonal thing, too. And it, that's weirded me out multiple times when my wife, you know, I, I don't like seeing people in pain. It, it's harder to see people in pain than it is to be in pain. At least I've heard men say that before. Uh, and, you know, and so I, I think it was after she had Kelly, you know, it was, there was some, there was some rough spots and I got a little worried. And then all of a sudden she has a baby and she's just talking like nothing happened. And then I remember her talking about how there's this hormonal thing that happens after they have a baby, and they do, they just kind of get really happy. That is weird. Okay, when I get hurt, I'm done for the day. All right, no more good mood. You know, and if if I went through that kind of pain, I'm not going to be smiling for days. But women do. So, the, but the thing is, you have these young ladies. They see those pictures. You know, when you're getting the happy hormones, and you know, and everything looks great. They don't see what was going on just minutes before that. And so I say all that to say that with all these wonderful things that you see, there are really great challenges that go with it. And it's important that we understand these things, that we're ready for these things, because they are real. And the way I am, when I find out my wife's going to have a baby, I have mixed emotions because I love after the kids are born, but I hate everything leading up to it. And so a part of me, it's just kind of like, there's like a dread. Oh boy, another delivery coming. You know, there's all these things you got to go through. There's the what ifs. I always worry if it's going to be in the winter. And most of our kids have been born around winter because I'm scared of what happening to you, Brother Brian, you know, you guys, of us being at home and then like me have to deliver the baby or something like that. That's always been one of my greatest fears. And eight children and it's never happened. Um, my, so we've never done a home birth. I'm not against you ladies that do it. I'm against my wife doing it. I, I'm, I'm against her doing it. I got on my phone one time. It was it was when she was pregnant with one of the babies she miscarried, 
and she had been like looking up stuff about midwives or something, but it was my phone. I opened it up on the internet browser and there was a website for like home births and stuff on there. And I was just like, she better not be thinking about a home birth. And I was still working at Walmart then and I texted her and she was due in August that time. And I just sent her a text and I said, I saw what you were looking at on my phone. And just so you know, the only way you're doing a home birth is if we get snowed in in August. And turned out it wasn't why. But I, I got scared because I was like, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm scared of that stuff, okay? And I, I don't like it. Once that's done, I'm fine. But, uh, you know, it's not all just wonderful moments. There's real challenges. But at the same time, we understand that it's worth it, okay? We understand that it's worth it, but so many people don't even realize the challenges that are coming. Nobody's prepping them for these things. Nobody's telling them about it and we need to realize the potential you know while there's all this potential joy there is a lot of potential sorrow that comes with parenting too i mean this first verse we looked at a wise son maketh a glad father but a foolish son is the heaviness of the mother it's a weight uh, that that can be on a parent it's a great burden to bear if your child is making the right wrong choices if they're going down a bad path I mean, what a horrible thing it is. While it's wonderful having children, imagine having a child who doesn't get saved. Imagine a child who just goes to the world and gets caught up in the things of the world. You know, while daughters are such a wonderful thing, imagine if she starts, you know, your daughter starts shacking up with some bum. What that would do to you. You know, imagine her being stuck in some horrible marriage. I mean, these are things that could potentially be major burdens and I think it's important that we understand these things. And if we follow Bible principles, what I believe we can do and what we need to shoot for is how to maximize the blessing of children. Because, again, having children is a blessing all by itself. But did you know it can be better? It's better if, if you have wise children. It's better, it's more of a, a joy if they serve the Lord, if they do right, if they're happy. And if they don't do those things, you've got to understand there's a burden you're going to carry with you for your entire life. Because even though one, you know, the world says just keep them alive till they're 18 and then they're on their own. But folks, unless you are, you know, some animal with unnatural affection, you're still going to care about your children after they leave the home. That's not going to stop. That's not going to change. So it's very important that we keep these things in mind that one of these days they're going to leave my house. And I'm still, if, if their life is a wreck, it's going to be a burden that I'm going to have to bear. And I would, ra- I, I want to continue getting joy from my children. I don't want to just kick them out of the house when they turn 18 and then have to carry a burden. No, I want them to go when it's time. And then I want to keep getting blessings from them. And I believe if we would recognize the potential uh, dangers that are out there, the potential sorrow, I think it will help us when it comes to our parenting to not just be lazy in our parenting too. Because a lot of people are, they're just really lazy in their parenting and as a result of it, they end up creating greater burdens for themselves. And um, one of the things I've seen many times in my life, and I've thought about this a lot because I've seen it so much, and you know what? Thank God for grandparents who take care of their grandkids when it's necessary and when it's needed. Thank God for that. But you know what? 
I hope I don't have to raise my grandkids. I hope my kids raise their, my grandkids. You know, that's my desire. But a lot of times what happens, their kids, they grow up, they live like the world, they bring kids into the world, but then they don't want to take care of them, and then the grandparents are left doing everything. The grandparents are left paying all the bills, literally raising them sometimes. I don't want to do that. I'm looking forward to having grandkids, but I don't want to raise those grandkids. I want to enjoy them. I want to just do the fun things. I want to tattle on them to their parents when they're doing something bad, and then I want to feel sorry for them when you know, their parents have to get on to them. You know, that's, that's what I want to do with, with my grandkids. So if we're going to maximize these blessings, if we're going to minimize the sorrow and the heaviness, some things we need to do, first off, is make sure you instill wisdom in your children. A wise son maketh a glad father. Wisdom does not just happen. And thankfully, wisdom is not genetic. I don't know of any geniuses in my family. But you know, while I don't have any geniuses in my family, I have had wise people. In my family, because wisdom is something that anybody can obtain. We preached about that, I think, last week or the week before. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, it says, and thou, uh, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I commanded this day shall be in thine heart. You've got to get the things of God in their heart, not just their head. Get it into their head. Okay, get it into the, you can't get it to their heart unless you get it into their head, but don't just stop with getting it into the head. Make sure you've got it into the heart. You can get it into their head through like, you know, if you're, if you're homeschooling them, having them do Bible as one of their subjects, you know, memorizing scripture. When I grew up, I went to King's Kids. I went to Christian school. We had scripture memorization and things that we did. And those things successfully helped get scripture and the things of God in my head. But it was more important that I got it in my heart too. And the things that got it in my heart was more of what went on in church, the preaching that I heard, and not only that, but even just instruction from my parents, life applications, situations that we went through, the very things it says to do, talking about these things. It says, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou enterest into thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. We talked about scripture. We talked about the Bible. In our house, I can think of many times where I had deep conversations with my dad, riding in the car, doing other things about the Bible. And those conversations, though, you know, those were things that put it in my heart. Okay. The things that put it in my head was the scripture memorization contests. You know, King's Kids, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm for King's Kids. I like King's Kids. But, you know, King's Kids, one of my motivations was is I want to get these ribbon slides. Uh, anybody know what King's Kids is? They, you know, our brother John did it. They have these things that had your name on it, and then for every rank that you would finish, you'd put this thing on a ribbon, and once you'd fill it up, you would get like this big one, and you get to take that thing, a big ribbon, you take it home, eventually get trophies, and uh, I loved all that stuff, and I remember I was the first one in our church to finish all five levels of King's Kids. Me and my friend, we were racing, and I remember at the end, I just went crazy. I worked hard that week because we were neck and neck. And it should have taken us a few more weeks, but I memorized a whole bunch. I said 12 gold cards. That means nothing to you if you never did King's Kids. I said 12 gold cards in one night. And I beat him by two weeks. And I bragged. Okay, Now, that got some scripture in my head. Didn't get it in my heart. Okay? And, and, and I'm glad I got that scripture in my head. It helps me. But... 
The things that helped more was what went on at home. It was those conversations. It was the preaching I heard. It was youth conferences and things that I went to and, and youth meetings where I heard preaching that motivated me to want to love God, do things for God. Those were the things that got it in my heart. And we've got to make sure that we, that we do that. And so, you know, just forcing your kids to do some things, it'll get stuff in their head, won't get it in their heart. You've got to talk about these things. That's what makes it interesting. That's what makes people really want to apply it, dig deep. It says, Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. You know what? There's nothing wrong with putting Scripture up on the walls in your house. You know, some of you probably have pictures and things, and you have those Scripture verses on there. That's, that's just wise. That's smart. They'll, they'll know those verses. We've got them, and so... That's your job to do these things, and these things will help develop wisdom in them. You must expose them to wisdom. You must surround them with the things of God. Surround them with the Word of God. You must let them see life. That's, that's, and that's one of the great things about taking your kids out soul winning. They're going to see a lot of things that normal kids are not going to get to see, and they're going to get to see it in the right light. They're going to get to see it, see how things are in reality. Most kids today, what they know about the drinking lifestyle is what they see on television and on beer commercials. But you know what? Our kids, they're going to see the real thing if you take them out soul winning. They're going to see the houses. They're going to see the beer cans all over the yard. They're going to see the people that come to the door. They're going to see what the women actually look like that hang out with these guys. That's what they're going to see. And that, and that is going to give them wisdom. And one of these days, your kids are going to look and they're going to be like, wait a minute, what's going on on these television commercials is nothing like real life. And you know what? There's a lot of senior citizens that haven't figured that out yet. You know, a lot of people believe what they hear in the news media. A lot of people believe what the politicians tell them. A lot of people believe that Hollywood is accurately portraying certain groups. But let me tell you something. Those of us that are adults, you know, who've lived some life, you know, we see through a lot of a lot of that stuff. But, you know, we can help our children see through that too if we'll let, let them be exposed to it, you know, in the right way, by us, not by the world. And we've got to make sure that we work on these things. Otherwise, they're going to fall for the propaganda. You're going, you're going to have to, you know, shelter them, I guess you could say, from the foolishness of this world. And I preached a message last year during Family Month on sh- sheltering or shaping. And so it's not even really sheltering that we're trying to do, it's shaping. You know, we, de- we decide when we're going to expose our kids to things. We're not going to let the public school tell us when our kids should be exposed to things like sex education. There's going to have it come a time in your life where you need to talk to your kids about some of these things. But let me tell you, it's not when they're in kindergarten, and first and second and third and fourth and fifth grade. It's, that's not when the time is. And as parents, we decide this kind of thing. And we're going to make sure they're exposed to it in the right way. And they don't get a, a distorted mentality on these things. We've got to understand that children are naturally foolish. Okay, we all think our kid's going to be the smart one. But let me tell you something. Your kids, you're going to have to teach them not to pick their nose and eat it too. You're going to have to teach your kids you know, not to play with the contents of their diaper. You're going to have to teach your kids not to do all kinds of stupid stuff, gross things the kids do. And you'd think they never do that. You know, I never did any of that stuff. At least I don't remember it. But the truth is, I probably did, but my parents probably spanked it out of me. 
at a young age. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 22.15, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. It's in their heart. Foolishness. It's there. It's in the heart of your children. So just understand, wisdom does not come naturally to them. You have to drive the foolishness out of their heart, and you do that kind of thing through the rod of correction. And all of this is hard work. But guys, you got to understand, there's more to parenting than just getting your wife pregnant. There's a lot more to it than that. You know, you got a lot of guys that feel like a man because they fathered a child. But great, you fathered a child, but, you know, you realize if you don't be a real man, you know what's going to happen to that kid? He's going to become a ward of the state. You know, and the working men around here are going to be the one paying for them. You know, my, you know, my son doesn't even have a wife or kids yet, and he's already supporting all kinds of kids with all his tax money. Somebody's got to take care of those welfare folks, right? No, it should be the parents. Doing it. But you know what? they got deadbeat dads that know how to go get women pregnant, but they don't know how to take care of kids. Deadbeats, scumbags, losers. There's not enough bad things that you can say about people who bring children into the world and don't do anything to take care of them. Scum. They should be ashamed of themselves. We should bark these people. We should brand these people. You know what? When they're paying for their groceries, I mean, when I'm paying for their groceries... It shouldn't look like a credit card. It should be some kind of great big thing they got to whoop out that's got a big clown picture on it or something that everybody can recognize that sets an alarm off saying loser alert. You say, that, that's, that's terrible. You know what? I'll bet if they had to do some of that stuff, maybe some of these people go out and get a job. Maybe they do something. So I, you know, I, don't, I don't like that, Pastor Tommy. Well, you know what? I don't like working for these people. I'm tired of being their slaves. I thought we fought a war that got rid of slavery. No, no, it didn't. We still have slavery in this country. I am forced to give a large portion of my salary to these people. You tell me that's not slavery. If we don't have slavery, I'm opting out tomorrow. Let's see if they let me do that. They won't let me do that. Because we still have slavery in this country, and I'm tired of being a slave. I want emancipated. But that's another subject for another day. So we've got to, uh, we, we've got to instill these things. All, all the, it's hard work. And so if you get this job done, you know, you're not going to regret it. It's work, but it's worth it. And that, that's, so that's what we've got to, we've got to make sure we instill people in people. Let them know. Parenting, it is a wonderful blessing, but it's a ton of work too. But it's worth it. People, they just don't even realize today, work is worth it. You know, earning a paycheck is hard, but it's worth it. And a lot of people, though, they just think everything should be handed to them. That is not life. At least that's not how it's supposed to be. And even if it is your life right now, it's not sustainable. Eventually, everything's going to fall apart if we just keep giving money to everybody. We've got to stop doing it. We're destroying our society. And these people just eating this stuff up. You know, these people who won't go back to work because they're getting more money on unemployment and stuff. What are we telling the people of this country. We are sending such a bad message. And you know what? When it all goes down, I'm not going to feel sorry for these people when they're starving to death. Because they're, they've, they've asked for it. And our government's done this to them. They've created this permanent welfare class. It's an absolute joke. But Bible says in Proverbs 15:20, 20, 
a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son despiseth his mother. So I don't, I don't hate my mom. Listen, if you are a fool, you might as well hate your mom because you're making her miserable. You're bringing her sorrow by being a fool. And that's the, one of the, that's the worst thing you could ever do to your parent is just go being a fool, being stupid, doing, getting yourself in trouble, getting yourself thrown in jail. I don't care if you're growing up and out of the house. If, if, my, if my sons were to go to jail, I'm going to be devastated. And even while they're in prison, I'm going to be worried about them. I would worry about them every day because of that. And you know what? I would rather, I, I'd rather just about anything happen to me than them do that. That's the worst thing my children could ever do to me is just to go destroy their life like that. So, another, so make sure you instill some wisdom in your children. If you can do this, you're going to maximize the blessing of children. But another thing you need to do, you need to surround them with good people in their life. Bible says in Proverbs 28, verse 7, Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son. But he that is a companion of riotous men shameth his father. And folks, this is, you know, this here is, you know, typically children, your son hanging with riotous men is not something they're doing when they're six and seven years old and they're like destroying the place, okay? I mean, obviously these kids around here get a little wound up sometime, but you know, no, this is when they're growing up. This is when they're older teenagers, young adults, hanging out with riotous men you know what it does? It brings shame. Even just getting, a, you know, there's been situations before, you know, that I've seen where there was like a group of guys that did really dumb stuff. And it was mainly one or two guys. But just the fact that other people were there, they got to share in the shame of that too. Even if they weren't the one that did it. And let me tell you, kids, you see a group going bad, get away from them. Let them make fun of you. Let them say whatever this. But one of these days, they're going to get nailed and you do not want to share in their shame. You do not want to share in their shame. It's going to, it's going to be bad and you're going, to, you're going to regret it so much. And, you know, we've all had embarrassing moments as parents, haven't we? You know, and, you know, thankfully, most of our embarrassing moments that you know, I've experienced are the same ones you've probably experienced. It's been when they're pretty little. So when your kids are pretty little you can kind of get away with some embarrassing moments, right? Because you, you, you expect certain things from little kids. You know, we've all, you know, seen our kid come walk in the room with just what I call a double barrel snot gun, you know, where they got, you know, it's just absolutely disgusting. Um, you know, you know, they come out in uh, not wearing everything they should be wearing, you know, the major diaper incidents, and I could start telling a bunch of stories of my kids right now. I'm not, I'm not going to do those things. But those are, you know, those are kind of embarrassing moments. And especially when it's your first kid, you didn't think those things were ever going to happen to you because you're going to take, take care of them so well. But no, they do. I mean, all of us in here probably have stuff that we don't even tell people about, you know, with your little kids because it's embarrassing. Has anybody in here ever just felt like a failure as a parent before? It, but, you know, a lot of those things are when your kids are under 12. And, and you, know, you, can, you can get past those things pretty good but you know what it only gets worse when they get older the older they get you know the bigger the problem you know you know here they might come running out of the bathroom with their pants down i'm not going to mention if any of our kids have ever done that before and that's embarrassing but it's just us that'll see it but you know it could be seeing them in the newspaper because they committed some crime you know that's what it could be 
So there's a lot of, I mean, way worse ways your kids can be embarrassed. So just understand, when those embarrassing moments happen, look at those as reminders, I better train this kid well. You know, look at those as reminders that, you know what, they're not just naturally going to do smart things. I need to make sure that I train them right. And, you know, everybody, and so surround them with good people. You know, don't raise a self-righteous snob, but don't throw them to the wolves either. You know, and the uh, Bible says in Proverbs thirteen twenty, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So you get around the wrong people, it's going to get you in trouble. And everyone needs friends and good people in their life. But you know what? As parents, you need to help them find those people. You know what? It's okay for you to have some say in who your kids are friends with. Oh, uh, you know, I let my kid pick their own friends. Okay, what Hollywood you know, movies you get that from? Okay, you know, you can, you definitely can guide your children these days. And let me tell you something else too. You can guide your children when it comes to a spouse too. You better believe I'm going to, I've steered my kids away from some people and I might steer them towards some people too. You better believe I'm going to do that with my children. These are really important things. You need to guard their heart. Proverbs 19.26 says, He that wasteth his father and chaseth away his mother is a son that causeth shame and bringeth reproach. You can get your name ruined. You know, imagine, you know, imagine if you had the last name Gacy or Dahmer or something like that. And, and think about it even more. What if that was your child? You know, it's, it's, even, it's even worse. And that can happen. And so, uh, you know, look what it says over in Titus chapter 2. And again, these things that I'm saying, you can take all of them too far. But you know, moms, do you want to know what one of your roles is? you want to know what one of your titles is as mothers? We see it in Titus 2 verse 4. I kind of like this title here. I might be taking it a little too far. But it says that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home. Good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Now, you know another person who's called a keeper? How about in Genesis 4, 2? It says, and she again bears brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So you could say, well, it's like a shepherd. And that's pretty good too, because a shepherd protects the flock, he feeds the flock. So mothers and shepherds, it's kind of that same thing. You're kind of a shepherd there in the home. But I kind of like this definition a little better. There's another job that gets referred to as a keeper. We see that in Genesis 39:21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. You know what? You're kind of like a prison guard. <laughs> And, and kids, you probably feel like sometimes that you're in a prison sometimes. We're not allowed to do anything. You know, and, but the truth is, again, you can take this too far. You know, but, moms, it's okay. Protect your children. There's dangerous things out there. There's dangerous people out there. Listen, you live in town. You live in a rough neighborhood. You know what you need to do? Sometimes you need to be keeper of the home. And you need to not let the children go outside unless... You know where they're at, unless you're keeping an eye on them. There's, you know, I grew up living in the country. We were able to play outside whenever we wanted. But, you know, when we moved out here to Sterling, our first night in town, somebody siphoned gas out of our car. Our first night. We had a crummy bike that was sitting in our garage that I wanted to get rid of. And so I just set it out in our yard, knowing someone would steal it. And about a week later, guess what? Somebody stole it. 
The problem is my neighbor found it and brought it back because it had a flat tire and it was a piece of junk and they figured it out, not even a block from the house and just left it there. And it was like, I found your bike over there. And I was like, man, somebody stole it. But then they found out it was junk and just left it. But you think we're just going to let our kids play out in the yard there whenever they want when they were little? Obviously we're not. So you know what, moms, you, you got to keep them inside. What, what does that make you? Keeper of the home, a prison guard, for lack of a better term. And obviously, we don't want our homes to be miserable. We don't want our homes to feel like a prison, but it's ultimately about protecting them. That's what it's about. It's about protecting them because they're not ready to just go to the world. They're not ready to just go out and about throughout town and do whatever they want. They're not ready for that. So we've got to protect them, but we've got to prepare them for that too because one of these days, your child's going to turn 16 and they might want to get a driver's license. So, and, and you know what? I think you ought to let them do that. I think you ought to let your boys go get a job. But you've got to understand those, you know, so as parents, you can't be a prison guard forever. You've got to start letting them out on good behavior. <laughs> and, it need, and it needs to be on good behavior. You need to make them earn it. You know, tell your kids, you know, you want me to trust you. You better not do anything to betray that trust. That's another Hollywood thing too. All you need to trust your children. Well, if they earn it, they don't, they're not owed trust. If they're always doing things behind my back, if they're always lying to me, if they're always breaking the rules, I'm going to get that trust. You know what you ought to do? You ought to get, make them get one of those tracking apps on their phone and watch what they do. Oh, that is so controlling. Well, you're not controlling and you know, you're the one that has to deal with them one of these days coming out of the closet or something like that. Listen, there's bad stuff that can happen to your kids out there. I mean, do you really want your daughter coming home pregnant with some loser's baby that's going to demand rights to that baby? I'm sorry, I don't want that kind of thing. So you better believe I'm going to do everything I can to prepare them and I'm going to surround them with good people in their life. So they, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly or standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. We've got to, you know, the people that are around good people, they're going to be blessed. Get your children around good people. And church is a great place where you can do that. And so, um, you know, so moms, you know, said you're the keeper of the home. Eventually start giving them freedom. But you know what? Make them earn it. And eventually, you got to cut those apron strings. And, you know, dads, eventually, you need to be willing to give away your daughter. And, you know, our world gets offended by this kind of talk, but, you know, understand, we protect our children the same reason the world protects the things that they have. Did you know our world often locks things up? They often put things in safes. They, do all, they give all kinds of protection to things that they treasure, to things that they value. But when it comes to their children, nothing. Just completely hands off, no restrictions. We're not even going to check and see what they're teaching. They'll send them to public schools. Not, they don't get to know their teachers. They don't even care what they're teaching them. Just trust it. You're just really going to trust these people to just teach them whatever? Are you insane? Do you not value your children at all? What, what is wrong with you? But you know, our, our world, they get offended because they don't value children. They see children only as a burden. They see children only as an expense. And yes, they are a burden. Let's not pretend children are a burden. Children are expensive, but they're worth it. Okay? 
they're worth it, but let's not pretend that they're not a burden. So, we've got to make sure we instill a good work ethic in them. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time. We've talked about the welfare cases. I could stand here for the next 20 minutes just insulting these people. And you know what? You know, we said there's a line. You don't again. We don't want our children to be these self-righteous, just judgmental people. But there are certain people, there are certain lifestyles I want my children to despise, and I want my guys to despise low-life, good-for-nothing, pug thunks that thug punks <laughs> that won't get a job. I want them to see people like that and think I never want to be that way. I never want to be that way. I, I used to work with a guy. He was, he was from Mexico, ran across the border. That was how he got the country. He said, I ran across the border. I got dropped off and I ran. And he, he came, when he came to this country, he was poor. He told me his story about how he just almost starved one time. I mean, it, it, was, it was a very interesting story. But he eventually, somebody helped him get a job. And he learned the language. And he became successful. He started buying houses and renting them out. And, and it was doing very well for himself. And this guy, one of the things that he just despised was welfare cases, and he had a brother. He had a brother, same thing, ran into this country, but got on the welfare system. And he said his brother was just a good-for-nothing drunk, won't get a job, lives on welfare, and he despised that. And he understood, because they came from the same place, but he understood that that welfare enabled him to be a drunken loser and he despised that and one thing i appreciate about this guy is while his children grew up in america one of the things he did every year he would take his kids to mexico and they would like take all their clothes that you know they had outgrown that year and they would give them to people over there they would help people over there he wanted them to see what he came from and what they didn't have to experience because he always wanted them to appreciate what they had in this country and, and what you could do if you will work. He taught, he taught his children to work. I mean, you know, thank God for that kind of mentality like that. And he did. He had to discuss for that. And again, there's a place for welfare. There's some people who need help. There's disabled people out there. There's crippled people out there that literally can't work. There, you know, there's widows. There's... Uh, you know, there's the, there's the elderly, there's people that we should be helping, but these able-bodied men that we are supporting in this country, they are ashamed and they should be ashamed of themselves. And we should be disgusted by that. And I'm going to, I'm going to teach my boys and I'm going to teach my girls to be disgusted by men like that. I want, if some guy ever comes to my daughter and wants to date her and he doesn't even have a job, I want her to look at him like who do you think you are to ask me out on a date when you can't even provide for yourself? Really, you're on welfare? If you think I'm going to provide for your sorry behind, you're in crazy because I am so much more valuable than that. You're going to have to work for me, buddy. You're going to have, you're going to, have to, work, you're going to, have to work for me. Listen, I, the world will not appreciate this at all, but you know who cares? The world's going to hell so fast it's not even funny. And you know what? We don't need to get flushed down the toilet with these people. We do not need to do it. And so you better teach this to your children because and, and, it is it is an absolute shame. And that's how I was taught. I remember, and, you know, it's, it, it's uh, people, not only today are people not ashamed 
you know, when they're on all these welfare programs, they're complaining that they're not getting enough. I, I just, I don't understand that. So, uh, make, make sure you instill that good work, work ethic. The Bible says in Proverbs 10, 5, He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Man, you know, and I'm, I'm getting fired up about these welfare cases, but let me tell you something. He that sleepeth in harvest, these guys that are on welfare too, that are sleeping till noon, you know what? We ought to be able to go over to their house and drag them out of their house and load them up in our car and make them come over and do work for us. I mean, we're already paying them. We're already paying them. And you say, that's slavery. Again, you're against slavery, you know, when it's making the people who don't want to work. But then the people who are working, you know, it's okay if they're slaves. I, I just, I don't get that. I, I don't get that. And just to make everybody feel better, if you do pick somebody up, they have to be the same color as you. That way, you know, we don't, because you know, that's what everybody's worried about. So, and I, let me tell you, there's plenty of white good-for-nothings out there living off, living off the government. I should be able to drag them out here and make, and make them work for me. And you don't like that? Well, I'm not planning on running for office, so you don't have to worry about it, but I can dream. I can dream and say if I was king... Uh, you know, here's what I would do. Proverbs 20 verse 4 says, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore, shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. He'll beg and harvest and have nothing. Not he'll beg and harvest and we'll put him on a welfare program. No, he'll have nothing. And so parents need to be developing this in their children. And the sooner you do, the sooner, sooner you get that burden relieved. You know, I'm thankful. You know, my boys are no longer really an expense me they're already paying for all their stuff i'm thankful for that because you know i've got six other girls after them and i can barely afford all that but you know i'm glad that i've kind of got that weight lifted off me and now i just got to get some of the girls married off and then even more is lifted off of me but and again and if i can get my girls to marry good guys i'm going to get grandkids and they're happy i mean that's just all joy that's just all blessings after that. But it's not done yet. I got, I got to get them to marry, find good guys. So I got to, I'm, I'm going to keep the, hopefully keep this mentality in their head so they don't ever go after losers. But uh, Bible says in Proverbs 13, 24, He that spareth his rod, hateth his son, but he that loveth him, chaseth him, be times. Meaning early. Get these things done early. Start teaching Junior to work when he's young. Okay, now, not when he turns 16. Not when he's a teenager. As a little kid, teach them to work. Teach them the value of work. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, training those children. You've got to do it. And you do that, you're going to maximize the blessing. And so, just lastly, kind of to the children. Okay? Now, children, you need to get a hold of the fact that your parents' happiness. Okay? Children often think my parents are just trying to do whatever they can do to make me miserable. But here's what you need to understand about your parents. Their, happy, their happiness is based on your happiness. That's why they do the things that they do that make you miserable. Because the things that you're pursuing are stupid and will make you miserable and they know it. And, it, and they, being loving parents because they care about you, want you to be happy. So understand 
when you're, when you're young, when you don't have the life experience, when you've, never, when you've never been married before, when you've never raised children before, when you've never done these things, you don't always have the proper idea of what's to come. So you've got to understand your parents do have a good idea of what you're in for. They've been watching you since birth. They know you. They know what you need. They know what will make you happy. And so that in reality, if you're a young person and your desire is and your goal is to make your parents happy, you might not realize it. That will result in your happiness because that's what we're all shooting for. That's what I'm shooting for with my kids. I want my kids to be happy. I don't want them to be miserable. And you'll be miserable if you're in prison. Girls, you will be miserable if you end up with the deadbeat welfare case. You, you know, guys, you, you, know, you will be miserable if you marry the floozy. So you need to understand following your parents' wisdom and guidance in these things. They're just doing this because they want blessings out of you. But understand, your joy is what is their blessing. It's not just you. I know every movie that's ever been made, you know, parents, they always want their children to go in this certain field and kids just want to follow their hearts and their parents are trying to make them miserable with all these things. And we've all seen that movie a thousand times. Okay, that's not real life. Okay, that's just teaching to follow your heart. So if you feel like being a homo, you'll do that. Okay, no, real parents, they want their children to be happy. That's what they want. And you need to stop watching those movies. They're, they're all baloney. They're all lies. And understand that your happiness is what's going to make them happy. Your blessings are their blessings. That, and, and so if we can instill these things in our children, we're going to keep having joy in them. Proverbs 6.20 says, My son, keep thy father's commandment. Forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart. Tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman. There's deceptive things out there that are going to appeal to your flesh, but that guidance and that instruction, that wisdom that your parents gave you will protect you from all those things. But you're going to have to have some trust. And so, you know, we always want to know people's motivation, right? We always want to know motivation. That's one of the things that we're dealing with when we go out soul winning. People think, what do you want from me? You just want me, you, you know, you want me in your church. You want my money. They're always trying to find out our motivation. You know, when you're talking to that salesperson, it's probably just their money. That's the, everybody's got a motivation. You guys want to know what the sinister motivation is of your parents, what they're trying to get do? They're trying to get you to be happy because your happiness brings them happiness. Your misery brings them misery. And they do know more than you in these things. They have some wisdom. So Proverbs 23, 22 says, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Sounds like even when you're out of the house, it would do, do you some good to listen. Buy the truth. Sell it not. Also wisdom, instruction, and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. And he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. Mom and dad are never going to quit loving. They're never going to quit caring. And your success, 
Your joy is, that's their joy. That's where it's at. And that's something that we're all shooting for. But parents, you can't get lazy on this stuff. Because let me, you know, everybody's doing a great job here bringing kids into the world. You know, but what's going to happen when they get out of your house? Are they just going to continue to be a burden because they're not doing anything right? Or are they going to continue being a source of joy? And what's going to make the biggest difference is wisdom. If you can instill that wisdom, instill that good work ethic, and get the things of God, not just in their head, in their heart, it will make all the difference. Proverbs 29, 15, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Proverbs 30, verse 17, Kids, listen to this verse. The eye that mocketh his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat of it. That doesn't sound real good. Uh, you think that literally means the eagles are going to eat my eyeballs? Well, let me tell you something. There, you know there's worse things that can happen than the eagle eating your eyeball? I mean, just go to some of these welfare cases, houses, and imagine, I'd rather get my eyeball ate out than get stuck with, you know, married to some of the women they're stuck with. I mean, I can't even imagine how horrible of a life that would be. I'd rather lose an eyeball. There's worse things that can happen kids and you know this is just trying to give a very descriptive scary picture because that's going to be your life if if you hate on your parents if you don't listen so parents are controlling because parents care when you're a child your day-to-day your day-to-day focus is about how to please yourself and how to stay out of trouble but your parents entire existence since you have been alive has been about keeping you alive keeping you healthy and happy And listening to them is always going to be to your long-term benefit. It is your, you are the one who will benefit. And it's not going to be a bad thing for you. Stop listening to Hollywood. You will be happy. So uh, the blessings and burdens of parenting. Let's be ready for both. Let's not avoid the burden. If you do that, you're going to miss out on the blessing. Embrace the burden, do what you're supposed to do, and then you can maximize on the blessing. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that this message will be a help to all the parents that are here. I pray that, uh, Lord, all of us will be vigilant to just uh, work hard in raising our children to stay focused. And I pray I hope the, uh, the children in here to, have the wis- to learn wisdom, to have the wisdom, to follow the leading of their parents. And I pray you'll just uh, help them to... Continue to always be a source of joy and not be a grief and sorrow and heaviness uh, to their parents. And uh, Lord, help them to realize this is for their benefit and their good. In your name we pray. Amen.